It's Leonard Skinner. Check your spelling and a post Super Bowl letdown on tonight's Rocks and Dirt. Suppose Super Bowl letdown with Mike and Todd and Steve. We're also going to talk about Leonard Skinner tonight. Uh, but let's make the introductions. I'm Mike. I'm your host. I'm joined by Todd at the producer table. Hey, everybody. And Steve with the color commentary. Ain't no change in the weather. Ain't no change in me. That's true. Very true. Both with Leonard Skinner and with Steve. We're talking Leonard Skinner tonight. A lot of folks love this band from the, primarily from the 70s, but they've been going ever since with various lineups. Leonard Skinner, without the D, was a physical education instructor at Robert E. Lee High School in Jacksonville, Florida, known for his strict enforcement of the regulations on male hair length. And they changed the spelling and they called it Leonard Skinner. pretty good that's, that's the a, first song of the first album pronounced leonard skinner was the first album in 1973 this is the first song i ain't the one 1973 now you, you talk about the the band's beginnings this is so often the case we didn't hear about them until 1973 but that band started in 1964 in high school i guess or, yeah with I didn't uh, know ronnie van zant and, and gary risington and, and a couple other guys alan collins and Larry Junstrom, the original bass player, he was later in 38 Special, was their bass player. Yeah. Also from Jacksonville, Florida, featuring Ronnie Van Zant, singer Ronnie Van Zant, Zant's younger brother, Van Zant's younger brother. Yeah. Donnie Van Zant. Okay. Everybody likes this song. Oh, it's great. Tuesday's gone? I think it got overshadowed by Freebird, Simple Man, also on the first album. But this is probably my favorite of those three songs now. Yeah, because we haven't wore this one out. And it's also featured in the Adam Sandler classic, Happy Gilmore. Uh, <laughs> a lot of our younger, or not, maybe not much younger fans might, or listeners or friends might know it from that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, now uh, the current lineup includes Gary Rosington, the only original guy left, the only guy alive from that original lineup. Is that right? Yeah. Artemis Powell, who was their drummer beginning with their third album, he's still alive. Okay, he's no longer. With he's him. not. He's not. He's not associated with. In fact, I think they're suing each other over various things. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, uh, Johnny Van Zandt, Bronny's brother, uh, remains lead vocals. Been that way for uh, thirty-four years now. Yeah. You think it's nineteen ninety-seven? The reunion tour. He's no uh, young young pup. And then various guys over the years, multiple lineups, and they continue to make music. But boy, I was surprised to see that 1964 date. Yeah, uh, kids. And so what we're going to talk about tonight is primarily, is it that first four albums? Yeah, five. Uh, four or five. Four or five okay, before, before the fatal uh, plane crash. In 1977. Yeah. So what do we got here, Tom? Uh, this is Simple Man. You know, all you need is the first album. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Great debut album. Is often the case, I think, with yeah. a lot of these bands. You they have make your whole life to write your first album and in a, a few weeks to write your second one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's so hard to follow up once they make a big splash like that. The second one was great, too. Yeah. They did, they, they yeah, this has well. a lot of great classic songs. You, 
you're still here on the radio, besides you know the obvious. Now you're going to ask me what tour I saw, and I don't remember, but I saw Skinner in the '70s. And what I remember about him is three guitar players, which I thought was overkill. As a trademark. <laughs> yeah. Did, did they have two drummers, too? No, I think they just had one drummer. Okay. Like a lot of 38 Special had two drummers. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. It's so long ago, but, uh, you, you know, I mean, they were great. I don't, I don't put them down at all. I just thought, three guitar players? Really? Do you need yeah. that many? Well, for uh, a song like Freebird, you do. They all trade off. That's true. Yeah. Maybe for special songs. That was, yeah, that was Here's the songs off the first album that I don't recognize. Things Going On, Mississippi Kid, Poison Whiskey, The Banker, uh, Down South Junkin. I think I've heard that Those one. Those are outtakes that were later on reissues, those last two you mentioned. Uh, Mississippi Kid's kind of a dobro acoustic kind of uh, blues thing, Yeah, I believe. I've and then, of, of course, this one. Yeah. Got to have an organ. Really powerful. It's a, it's a really great organ song. Play it pretty for Atlanta. That might be Al Cooper playing the organ and maybe Billy Powell playing the... Al Cooper, the original producer who Alice kind of Cooper. discovered... I love Alice Cooper. I love Alice Cooper, too, but it, well, he wasn't the same guy. Yeah, it's it was a Al Cooper with a K. All together. He worked with Bob Dylan <laughs> on a lot of Bob Dylan's classic stuff. He's also on uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Yeah, yeah, he produced the first Blood, Sweat, and Tears album. Al Cooper's the one that played that organ riff on uh, Bob Dylan's uh, Like a Rolling Stone. Da, 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 da. That's Al Cooper. My favorite was I'm 18. No, wait, that was Alice Cooper. (laughs) Billion dollar bait. Oh, (laughs) we're getting it mixed up. So here's the big one. That is the big one. This is the the one people request. Yeah, we'll we'll play this song about two or three times a year, maybe. (laughs) We have Tim sing it. What is he singing? Yeah, Tim does good with it. And you do this live guitar. And you do the work of three lead guitarists. On one guitar at the end of the song. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just hold your breath and hang on to the edge of the seat and go for it. (laughs) The whole, what, 10 minutes? It's a ride, man. It's It's a a ride. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. When does it end? Well, the next album was... uh, Second Helping. The second album, Second Helping. I don't recognize any of these songs. 1974. The first one you might recognize, the opening cut. You never heard this song before? Never heard (laughs) this. That was kind of familiar. This is one of that, the, the opening riff gets people on the floor, right? Turn it up. Yeah. And we play this just about every year. I think, yeah. I think everybody has to. We sound check. Well, it, it gets them on the floor. Yeah. You know, if you feel like you're not doing well, do this one and everybody makes you feel good about yourself. Yeah. We just take a verse in the sound check. Is there anything else on this album, Steve? Ah, uh, yeah. There's uh, The Bout of Curtis Lowe. You oh, probably heard. That is good. Yeah, Eric, Eric Church did a remake. We, we played did. that with uh, Taylor Heard. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah. We did Eric Church's version, I think. Yeah, we probably we played this at Cowboy Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, did. what stadium? AT and T Stadium. Yeah, that's the right. Of Curtis that's right. Lowe. We played this at AT and T Stadium. Mm-hmm. Somebody didn't hear me. And the, the, <laughs> the song I mentioned at the beginning, uh, "Call Me the Breeze," is on here. Written by J.J. Kale, who wrote a lot of their Clapton no, songs. I, I like that song. Call Me the Breeze. I like that yeah. one. On okay. the second album. A cover. There's some good stuff here. Look at this. Look at this. That's oh, a great album. You like this swamp music. There's that Strat thing I was telling you about, Todd. We Dead King. This. Swamp, swamp, swamp. Sounds swamp, right swamp, swamp music. It's right up your alley. A deep cut. Great. I like it. That good? Hey, yeah. what do you do for the crazy kids? Yeah. Sound like Molly Hatch? Yep. Oh, yeah, a lot. 
Molly Hatchett was with a southern band that had three lead guitarists. Of course, they were from Jacksonville, Florida also. And their singer did that whistle thing that Ronnie Van Zant did a lot that I can't whistle, but he, you know, you put your, your fingers yeah. in your mouth, it'll that. It's like Leonard Skinner was totally copying well, Molly Hatchett. <laughs> Yeah, Danny Joe Brown from Molly Hatchet doesn't fart with disaster. Right before the da 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 da. No, wait a minute. Who, who was first? Leonard Skinner? Yeah. Skinner, yes. Okay. Same town, though. Same era. Ah, working for MCA. About the record business. Ronnie Van Zant's ranting about... I don't know if it's a rant or if he's celebrating it. About the record business. Great riff. Another band sound. That's a Molly Hatchet song. Molly Hatchet, in. that's where he got it from. <laughs> All right, and uh, I, uh, this one. The Needle and the Spoon. Not to be confused with the ne- Neil Young's. The ne- oh, Neil Young thing again. Neil Young, uh, The Needle and the Damage Done. This is The Needle and the Spoon. Cool. I'm sure it's a warning against. Yeah. So certainly it's not advocating. It's a redemption song, as Tim says. <laughs> Maybe. That's Bob Marley. Kind of All right, well, here we go. Well, we're still on the second album. Yeah, this is just the second oh, album. Yeah, yeah. That's probably their two best albums. Great album. Here, here's, here's where they did a remake of a George Strait tune, Was I Right or Wrong? That doesn't sound like George Strait. This is a remake, or not a remake, but it's a, a later a cut they put on the reissue, an outtake, I think. It went on the original album. I'm almost sure. Well, I never heard that. Yeah, it's, so, it's a, so what? Uh, when when was the when was the crash after this album? Seventy-seven. No, several co- albums later. Seventy-seven. Three years later. Okay. They had four three albums later. Yeah, they had five albums uh, before the crash. Okay, so, so the next one was uh, nothing, nothing fancy. fancy. And the opening cut is one of my favorite Leonard Skinner songs. And one, it should be that one, two, yes. One, two, Listen, this riff. Three. I used to do it in another band. Boom, boom, boom. Is that bass? Boom, boom. I don't know why we don't do it. We need to do it. That Skinner, y'all. That is awesome. I've done this before. Yeah, I'm sure I, I do. Years ago, yeah. another band. I love it. Great riff. That's I can say these are great riffs, but great riffs. That's like the. That's the most popular tune off of that yeah, album. Yeah. Any, any Steve, anything? Uh, not really. There's a song called "On the Hunt" that's on the compilation sometimes, but I don't know much about it. It's kind of it's kind of a riff rocker too, but I don't really know many of the other songs. Nick. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, cool riff. But I, I think that. that's all there is. I think they're very riff driven, aren't they? Yeah. After after the first two albums, these other albums weren't quite as consistent until they got the Street Survivors, the last one with the original lineup. We'll get to that. Yeah, we're still on album three. We're going to move on to album four. Uh, give me back my bullets. Yeah, and on this one, they were down to two guitar players. Ed King, uh, the third guitar player, he left the band by then, and they they were down to Gary Rostin and Alan Collins on guitars. And then they added Steve Gaines after that, but they had three guitars again. Yeah, 
Todd, could you imagine being in a band with three guitars? No. <laughs> I just think it's not necessary. I think, you know, one guy can handle it, and two, you know, it's like but One could play rhythm, and another two could play only, switch off lead. The only way that I would be in a band with three guitars is if I didn't have a gig in a band with two guitars. Where <laughs> let me in? That's what <laughs> Another guy would have to pay, too. They would fire me real quick. <laughs> Can't even play. <laughs> you know what I'd say? <laughs> Where'd you get that jack? <laughs> Network agent. Uh, number four is "Give Me Back My Bullets." Was that where we're at? Yeah, and that's uh, where we were. Okay. And um, that's the, the 1976 project. Is anything else good on there, Steve? Like, that's the only one I know. Oh, I don't. It looks I'm not it, really. It went to number 20 in the U.S. and it went gold. The song, uh, the album, uh, "Give Me Back My Bullets." I just know that song. That's the one that's on the compilations to give you back my bullets. Title cut. So it sounds like the title cut is the one that uh, we yeah. would focus on for that album. Yeah. And then, uh, and then they finished strong before uh, the fatal crash. Yeah, they added Steve Gaines on guitar, who wrote a couple of the big songs on this next album. Street uh, Survivors, October 17, 1977. You said it was very shortly before. Like two uh, days crash. before, I think, or the same week. Oh, my goodness. It was like, yeah, it was a... That's like a John Lennon thing. Two or three days before. Kind of, yeah. It's very similar. It is, he was okay, wait a minute. Say that again. Tell the story. Well, the uh, they had that horrific plane crash where in October 1977, and it was only a couple of days after this album Street Survivors was released. And remember, it had, it had them standing in front of a bunch of flames on the cover, and after the plane crash, they took off the flames, and they were just in a, on a black background uh, wow. you know, to be respectful. But since it's the reissues in the 90s and 2000s, they've since, I guess they figured it's been long enough, they put the flames back on there. Three days. Three days, okay. Yeah, it yeah. happened on the 20th. And, and Steve, Steve Gaines just joined as their guitar player. He wrote, he wrote, I Know a Little, even though Ronnie Van Zant sang it. He wrote, I Know a Little, and we do that song. He, he wrote that one, and he wrote, uh, You Got That Right, I think, with Ronnie Van Zant, and they both duet on it. They both sang lead on that. But Steve Gaines was, and, and his... Uh, older sister who had already been one of the Leonard Skinner backup singers Cassie Gaines she was one of the casualties of the plane crash and also uh, their road manager uh, Dean Kilpatrick and there were some other and the, the, I think I believe the pilots didn't make it and, but everybody else survived with varying injuries and and uh, there's a lot of stories books written about it and stories and didn't they have something come out after the crash yeah they they kind of Ten albums. Well, yeah, later. But uh, Collins and Rossington and Wilkinson, Leon Wilkinson, the bass player, and I think Billy Powell, they all regrouped as the Rossington Collins Band with uh, Gary Rossington's wife as a lead singer and another guitar player. They had a couple of hits, yeah. And then uh, in 1987, they reunited with Johnny Van Zant, the youngest brother of Ronnie Van Zant. And they've been, I saw them in 1993 at the Oil Palace with, Ed King was the original, he was still, he was with them. And uh, original members have been in and out of the band and have died since then. Of just other things. Uh, Gary Rossington is the only one left. This Honky Tonk Nighttime Man, that is a country tune. Yeah, I think it's a Merle Haggard song that they redid. They redid it? They came out after, on one of those re-outtakes albums that came out after uh, the, the plane crash. I think it was on Skinner's first and last. Yeah, that, that came up like in 1978. Skinner's first and last. A bunch of outtakes. 
multiple collections after the fact, uh, but just endless yeah, number of albums. Came out after. What were you saying, Mike? I was I was just summing up. I mean, there are multiple collections, oh, compilations, yeah. uh, more more than we would have time to name, but just uh, so many different greatest hits albums, uh, volume ones and twos, that kind of thing, from Leonard Skinner. A lot of uh, great deep cuts too. Not just the the five, six, seven songs that we hear on Classic Rock Radio all the time, but there's some other, oh yeah, this is on Street Survivors, the opening cut. Uh, disc two opening cut. What's your name? What? There's two discs. Street Survivors? Well, yeah, yeah, Street Survivors Deluxe Edition is just disc two. That's a different mix, I think. Ronnie's voice sounds different. Ronnie, Ronnie Van Zant's voice sounds different, so I think it's a remix. It says, uh, whatever. Well, it's open cut of the original album. Yeah. And that's a, that's a different version of that smell. So there's a lot of great songs on here that we have not worn out. We need to we need to take some time off and learn some new Skinner tunes. Sure. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a couple months off. <laughs> that smell, a warning written by Ronnie Van Zant to Gary Rossington. If he didn't straighten up, he was going to end up, and ironically, Gary Rossington's the only one still living out of all of them. But, what? Gary oh, Rossington. Yeah. This song's written as a warning to Gary Rossington from Ronnie Van Zandt. about. typical way oh, yeah, yeah, that's, how, that's how things go. So it seems. So 14 studio albums, 6 live albums, and 23 compilation albums. That's Leonard Skinner discography. L-Y-N-Y-R-D-S-K-Y-N-Y-R-D. Leonard Skinner, if you're scoring at home. Uh, that's our Leonard Skinner tonight as we transition into uh, the next segment of Rocks and Dirt. Thank you for joining us. Uh, the Tuxedo Cats, uh, again, will be playing at the C- Crazy Cajun, as is our custom, uh, every Thursday night. Todd, do you want to talk about a, a big gig coming up in July? It's it's a five-piece gig, uh, TXM. What's the date on that, Steve? Do you remember? 29. July 29. July 29. We're going to do June. a... Uh, is it June? No, it's uh, July. It's okay. Uh, a uh, 50s, I think it's 50s or 50s oldies, night. something like that. Whatever we got to have to, whatever we got to call it to get the pool skirts and stuff like that out. You know what I'm saying? That's it's going to be fun. 50s, yeah, yeah it'd be 50s. It'll be like Sean on up. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of that kind of thing. And uh, My Bowser. It, it always draws a big crowd, so we're pretty excited about that. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug that pretty good right uh, this week. Let everybody know so they can start working on getting their clothes right. You know, and then. Um, uh, really looking forward to that. Again, we're going to be at uh, uh, Crazy Cajun on Thursday, like we always are. Uh, Acoustic Night was a huge, uh, just a really good hit. And um, so we're thinking about maybe incorporating a little more acoustic in uh, into the normal uh, show that we do there. Led Zeppelin used to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. We're going to do that, see how that works out. And so don't miss that this Thursday because it may not last long. <laughs> But, you know, it's a little variety. We're trying something different, open up with some uh, lighter tunes. We've got, it kind of gives some um, multiple styles. During the uh, dinner hour. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then after the break, then we kind of do the face building stuff. As, as that second set goes, it gets a little harder. But um, where are we at Saturday, Steve? Lago del Pino. Lago del Pino. We're supposed to get the teens that night, so we'll probably be inside, I'm guessing. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be inside. Yeah, it's gonna be. <laughs> Hopefully, if it's gonna be 18 degrees, I think we. Icicles hanging off our ears. So, well, check uh, that the tuxedocats.com for all things tuxedo cats or the Facebook page. I'd love to see you there. 
uh, any of the upcoming gigs, you can always find us by name. That's thetuxedocats.com. Here we are the day after the the Super Bowl. We've looked forward to it. We've Hello planned. again, everyone. Been, food has been bought, prepared, made, eaten. Uh, the game was a blowout, and nobody saw that coming. You know, some might say they did, but I don't think so. Um, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came out on top 31-9, to and Tom Brady just won his 400th Super Bowl. I don't know how he's got now. Seven, I believe, Seven, right? Yeah. And he's and his fifth-time MVP at 43 years old. Uh, trying to think what I was doing at 43. It wasn't playing Super Bowls. Uh, he's The guy is, is uh, a, a force to be reckoned with. Uh, he, he's the, the old pro. Uh, Steve, I was telling you before we went on the air, uh, I saw – uh, the second half, and my goodness, it just seemed like every other play, uh, Mr. Mahomes was just scrambling and throwing off balance, just trying to get yeah, the ball out of his hand. he was missing some key offensive linemen, and we heard a little bit about that before the Super Bowl, but not much, and, and he usually finds a way to overcome that, but, but Tampa Bay's defense, they had – some people – I've been here on the radio, some people think their defensive – Tampa Bay's defensive coordinator, Todd Bowles, should get the MVP, most valuable person, because – Whatever defensive plan he had against Mahomes and the Chiefs worked. <laughs> That's and, what it uh, sounded like. That's exactly. Yeah, and what they happened. just they shut him down. Yeah. Uh, they shut down Aaron Rodgers two weeks before. He's probably the MVP of this year, yeah. most valuable player of the of the season, regular season. It's weird because they just kind of came on the last half of the season. They won like eight yeah, in a row. Got, or something. Like I said last week, when or two weeks ago, it's like baseball. When you get hot at the right time at the end, get on a streak. Yeah. So, uh, congrats to the Tampa Bay Bucks and those who. Uh, we're pulling for him. I know a lot of folks around here were, were pulling for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who won last year. Yeah, be and bad. it's hard to it's hard to repeat. He, I think he's going to get his toe taken care of. He's got that turf toe, and I think that hampered him. Even though he wasn't, I don't know if he was sacked much. He was running for his life a lot, and that throws off his game. And of course, somebody like Patrick Mahomes can usually make something out of that, but yeah. not always. It's the first time he's lost a game with the Chiefs by. Double digits. I think it was the first time. And no oh, touchdowns by the Chiefs. Either. I think that's only the second time that there's been a Super Bowl where a team had no touchdowns. That's what I, I, I don't have that on uh, official record, but that's what a guy told me today. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys shut down somebody 40 years ago or something, that, and uh, the team didn't have any uh, that touchdowns. Was the, that was the, uh, Super Bowl six against the Miami Dolphins in 1972. Amazing that you know that. 24 I was to three. Just tossing it out I there. know the scores of the first, like, ten because I was a kid. <laughs> But after that, there's now there's 55. It no, gets blurry, yeah. So I remember who played in them. I don't remember the scores anymore. So with the, the remaining few moments that we have left, we've we've uh, we've covered the game in its entirety over the past few podcasts. Uh, I'd like to say a word about the halftime show since we do have a music and sports uh, content in, in this program. Uh, you know, it, the halftime show. I'm about ready for say. Can we just let that go now? Can we just like not do it anymore? Well, yeah, I think it's served its purpose. The halftime show has just become this thing that we love to hate. doesn't matter who it is. They're going to get booed off the state. Todd, if we ever get big enough, the Tuxedo Cats gets big enough to to play the Super Bowl, don't do it. No. Because it's a, <laughs> yep. it is a thorn in your career. It just doesn't pay enough. <laughs> I've already looked into it. I already, yeah. You can't play a Super Bowl and, and get loved. You're going to get... Uh, you're going to get tomatoes thrown at you. Know, now, what I said was, hey, here's a guy. I don't know. Who, here's a guy. Here's, here's a guy. This is I, a I didn't know this artist. 
prior to the Super Bowl. I heard of him. So this is and the I, baby bucket. So I didn't know any of the songs. I'm an old guy. It's not my format. You know, I'm not his target. But I thought, okay, with all the scrutiny over Super Bowls in recent years, everything from wardrobe malfunctions to being, you know, vulgar dancing on stage. Oh, those guys are fine. People that, that is just not family friendly. And so I, I'm watching, I'm thinking, okay, it's not rap, so I like that. It's not vulgar, it's not political, and it was yeah. a big production. Uh, there was a whole The Weeknd sang great, too. I thought they got whole, great voice, soulful. The chore- choreography was a whole bunch of that. I thought, okay, the big production for the Super Bowl. And, you know, shame on me for giving the guys some credit. Yeah. And next thing you know, I'm getting texts and messages of how, how, how not okay this guy is. I okay, Dan. I don't why. Y'all want to play. Know, got all, he's got all this past. So it's, it's, I don't know anything about him. I don't either. I don't either, but so, I do now. Well, the music was okay. You know. the, for, I was judging. I was on expecting that, a lot worse. <laughs> on that, Absolutely. On that show, what we saw... There were, we couldn't sell anything, no. but apparently the guy's previous albums and things that he stood for in the past. I've got my eye on you, Jake. Well, I don't either. What, what am I? I'm 63. Do yeah. I know the weekend? Probably not. I think he spells it poorly. Balake. I think he needs to put his E in there. <laughs> but that's you know that's the nerd I am, and so I'm just to the point where you know don't go, don't play the Super Bowl because it, you, you can't win. No. There's my rant. Thank you very okay. much. I'm glad you. I'm glad you got that out, Mike. I agree with you. Any complaints? Uh, that's Todd at the TuxedoCats.com. Todd <laughs> at the TuxedoCats.com. This has been a public service announcement. So don't even think about messing with me. Hey, thanks for listening Y'all to feel me? Uh, the uh, podcast today. It's it's rocks and dirt. It's classic rock and sports every two weeks. We love to hear from you at uh, Todd at the TuxedoCats.com. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you'd like to find out more at the, about the band, if you'd like to sponsor the podcast there's lots of th- ways you can be involved and we'd love to hear from you for steve and todd i'm mike the tuxedo cats we would love to hear from you lois i'm coming to see you until next time bye bye two three four all right